Hello, community. It is great to be with all four expressions of our church at one time. Uh, the growing numbers of you who are joining us at our community locations in the city and the suburbs of Chicago, I want to say a big welcome to you. Uh, the thousands of you that are joining us through communityonline.tv, welcome to you. Uh, those of you in prison who are a full part of our church through Community Freedom, welcome. And also welcome to those of you who join us through micro-expressions of our church that we call 3C Communities. A big welcome to all. It is a great time to be a part of community. We are seeing so many brand new people showing up, perhaps more than ever in our history. Uh, so many of those people, young and old, saying yes to Jesus and finding their way back to God. It's a changing time for sure, but it is a great time to be a part of community. And I just want you to know, I am so grateful to be a part of this mission with each and every one of you. Well, we now find ourselves kind of fully into the Christmas season, right? I mean, we're getting towards the end of November, right? I mean, I started seeing Christmas stuff after Halloween. Actually, I started seeing advertising in stores like right after Labor Day, which is crazy. But the Christmas season is kind of this annual space of in-between. It's an in-between space for kids, big and small, because it's that in-between space where you know what you want for Christmas, but you still have to wait 34 days to get what you want for Christmas. And right now, we're in that in-between space. And for me, the in-between space of uh, dropping hints for my wife, hey, Sue, I want VR goggles for Christmas. Honey, VR goggles? And her getting me the virtual reality goggles for Christmas. And, and, and this in-between space, it's not something that only happens during the Christmas season. In fact, what we're going to discover is that much of life is lived in the in-between space. For example, most of us have lived through a time when maybe you graduated from high school or college or even grad school, but you did not yet have a job. And the space between graduation and finding employment is an in-between space, and it's usually spent living in your parents' basement. Uh, also, many of us experience the in-between space of when you're in love, but not yet married. And the in-between space is often called engagement. Now, this applies to a lot of things. In fact, so much so, the philosophers call this in-between space a liminal space. And a liminal space is between what they describe as the now and the not yet. The space between the now and the not yet. And this word liminal comes from the Latin root limen, which means crossing over. And the liminal space is this crossing over space where you've left something behind, but you're not yet fully where you want or need to be. Now, I really want you to get this, so do me a favor. Hold your hands out kind of like this, okay? But make sure you keep them apart. Hold them out, but keep them apart. Doesn't matter which community expression, just everybody please do this right now. This will help make sense of what I'm talking about. Got it? We've all experienced a liminal space over the last couple of years. That's what the pandemic has created for us, this in-between space, a, a liminal space. Because the right hand is the now, the, the pandemic which continues from 2019 and 2020, and the left hand is the not yet, the time when the pandemic will be completely over. And what we've been stuck in is stuck living in this liminal space in between, the space of social distancing and mask wearing and vaccinations. All right, you can go ahead and put your hands down. <laughs> When you think about that in-between space, how many of you at some point have just said, I just want this to end? In fact, if somebody's near you right now, just turn to them. Just turn to them and say, I just want this to end. <laughs> if you're watching online, you can type in the chat. I just want this to end. 
I think all of us have said that. And the reason we want this to end is because we're living in this in-between, this liminal space. And when we exist in a liminal space, it can be very, very hard. Because in the in-between space, the liminal space, we have to navigate a mixture of emotions, frustration and anticipation, languishing and hopefulness. We feel fear and excitement. And it's because some days it seems like the thing that you're waiting on, it's never gonna happen. And other days it feels like it's practically already here. Now, the reason I'm telling you all this about the in-between space and this liminal space is because that's where we are in the story of what we believe in this series. This true story of King Jesus and his kingdom community you and I, we are currently living in a liminal space. We exist, as far as the story is concerned, in the in-between space. The very best of theologians refer to this liminal space that we are living in as the now and the not yet of the kingdom. Now, explain by, to explain what I mean by the now and the not yet of the kingdom, let me remind you, when Jesus walked among us, he came announcing in Mark chapter one, he said, the time has come, the kingdom of God is near. And Jesus was announcing that, that something was about to change in the world, that the kingdom of God was gonna break through to earth. Okay, what does that really mean? What's the kingdom of God? What's the kingdom of God? Well, the kingdom of God is the domain in which everything goes the way God wants it to go. It's the place where God totally reigns. Uh, the kingdom of God is the realm where everything that happens is God's will and his delight. Dallas Willard, brilliant thought leader theologian, he defined the kingdom of God this way, and I love this. He says this, where what God wants done is done. All right, maybe you wanna take a picture or jot a note on that one. Where what God wants done is done. I love that. So when Jesus announces the kingdom of God is near, he was telling people there is a way of life right now that can be lived, that's, that's eternal. There is a quality of life available that is experienced in heaven, but now can be experienced on earth. There's a life in which all human beings can flourish and it's available here and now. In fact, to make this point, look, look at Jesus' first teaching, his first teaching as he began his public ministry. This comes from Luke 4. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, for he has anointed me, this is my calling, my ministry, to bring good news to the poor, he sent me to proclaim that the captives, those who are enslaved are gonna be released, that the blind are gonna see, that the press will be set free, that the time of the Lord's favor has come. It says he rolled up the scroll, which he was reading from Isaiah. That's what the scroll was. He handed it back to the attendant there in the synagogue and he sat down. And it says, all the eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. They're going, wow. Then Jesus began to speak. And he says this, the scriptures from Isaiah that you have just heard has been fulfilled, have been fulfilled this very day. Jesus was saying that in him, God's kingdom had come. That in Jesus, the restoration of God's dream for the world was now available to everybody. And this would be good news to the poor that you're not gonna have to struggle any longer. This would be good news to those who are called, what he called captive. You're gonna find freedom. Good news to the blind, you're gonna, you're gonna be able to see Good news to the oppressed, you're gonna be empowered. This kingdom of God has come. 
And Jesus is saying, check this out. He said, it's happening this very day. Not one day in the future, not eventually, not someday. He said it starts today. And look how the people responded. It says there in verse 22, they were amazed. They were excited. I mean, think about it. How would you have responded? If this is true, this is awesome. They all wanted to see that happen. But time out. All right, time out. Because at this point, if you're with me, you have to be thinking, but hold on. If Jesus came to restore the kingdom of God, this place where God, what God wants done is done, and that was 2,000 years ago, I mean, why is everything still so messed up? I mean, why is COVID-19 still around? I mean, I was just out of the country. Why did I see massive poverty firsthand? Why, just a few weeks ago, did I have to be in an intensive care unit with a father and two kids as they watched their 40-something mom and his wife die of cancer? Why did I have to hug a mother last week after she told me she lost her baby who only lived a few days? Those aren't things God desires. They're not a part of God's kingdom. And you have your own questions, right? You have your own questions. See, this is a tension that we all feel. The sense that things are not as they should be. And here's why. It's because in the story, we're in the in-between place. The kingdom is both now. Yes, Jesus has come, but it's also not yet. It's not yet fully realized. Yes, the kingdom is now. And so we catch glimpses of it. When someone finds their way back to God and is baptized and they, they experience forgiveness and redemption, we get little glimmers of hope and goodness shining in the darkness when a small group of people sacrifice and they rally around a hurting family. I mean, those are the moments we look at it and go like, okay, everything in the world is as it should be. But the kingdom is also not yet. Not everything is the way God wants it to be. And the truth is the kingdom won't be fully restored until King Jesus returns and ushers in what he calls a new heaven and a new earth. And we're gonna talk about that next week, so make sure you return. Because see, for now, you and I, we live in the in-between. Do you get it? We live in the in-between. And what you and I need to understand is the not yet, the not yet, that's the mission that God has invited us to join. He's invited us to join Jesus in his mission of bringing more of heaven to earth in the in-between, the kingdom of God. See, that's why here at Community, our mission is to help people find their way back to God. And yes, there's three components to that. It means reaching people far from God. But it also means restoring God's dream for this world. Not just getting people from earth to heaven, and we do that, but also bringing heaven here to earth. This is the mission, and we're a part of that. And not only do we reach and restore, but we also do that through reproducing. We reproduce that mission as in many places and as among as many people as we possibly can. All of that together is the mission Jesus calls us to during this now and not yet time of the kingdom. Okay, so as Christ followers living in the middle, here we are between the now and the not yet, part of the story. 
What are we to do? What are we to do in this in-between time? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Well, here's a hint, all right? Here's a hint, you ready for this? This is what we do. We need to remember, remember how the story ends, okay? We need to remember how the story ends. Let me, I'm curious, work with me on this. Do you, do you have any people in your life who maybe they come to you and they'll say something like, hey, I got some really important news. And then they wanna tell you this whole long story before they finally tell you the important news. <laughs> you got anybody in your life like that? I mean, I love them, but I hate that. I mean, if someone tells me, hey, I got some really important news, I just tell them, what's the news? Just skip to the end. <laughs> you can fill me in all the details later. And I know they mean well, uh, but I don't need the deleted scenes. I'm not interested in the director's cut. I just need to know, is it good news? Is it bad news? I mean, did I win the lottery? Is somebody in the hospital? What is this really important news? I just need to know the news. Because if not, if I, don't, if I don't know how the story ends, if I don't know the news here, I'm gonna get lost in the middle of the story, which is what happens to many of us as followers of Jesus. We're lost in this middle time. So as followers of Jesus, know this. We know how the story ends. And it ends with good news. Let me remind you how the story ends. This is from Revelation. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth, it passed away. There was no longer any sea. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. And he's gonna dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them. And he will be their God. And look what he's gonna do. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And here's how the story ends. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more mourning. Have you had to go to a funeral lately? None of that. There'll be no more crying. There'll be no more pain. The old order, all of that, anything that hurts that you felt recently, it's all passed away. See, in the end, we're gonna be with God as a part of his kingdom community and everything will be made right. That's how the story ends. And since followers of Jesus, we know how the story ends. What we do, we have the privilege and we have the responsibility, I would say, to do two things. Here they are. Number one, we proclaim this not yet. We tell others, hey, here's how the story ends. And then secondly, we live it. We live the end of the story right now, in the now. We're called to proclaim this kingdom community and then live as this kingdom community in this in-between time. Well, how do you actually do that? Here's how we do it. We look at the truths in the Bible about how the story's gonna end, what life in the kingdom of God is like when the kingdom's fully restored, and then we live that way right now. For example, for example, in Galatians chapter three, the apostle Paul tells us that in the kingdom, there's neither Jew nor Gentile. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. See, in the not yet, it's saying, there will be no discrimination based on race. In the not yet, there will be no such thing as those in power and others who are disempowered. In the not yet, there'll be no inequity based on gender. 
See, in God's kingdom, we will be one. We're all just God's children. That's how the story ends. So here's what we do. As followers of Jesus, we proclaim that this is how it's supposed to be and how it's going to be one day. And so right now, we live it right now. In our homes, we live like that. In our neighborhoods, we live like that. In our workplaces and in our church, we live like that. We live it out in the here and now. Now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn things over to your community pastor for a few minutes. Because what I want them to do is I want them to share some of the ways we're trying to live it in the community where you live. So here's what I want you to do. Please just welcome your community pastor to come forward. Just welcome them with some applause right now. Your community pastor. Let's do that so they can talk to you. That, that's slightly weird. <laughs> and I guess this is the little brother part of the talk. Um, Jesse, I like to think of it as the taller, better looking, smarter brother part of the talk. Thank you very much. If you can just kind of add that to your notes next time. Oh, boy. You know, um, while Dave was talking, I just got to be honest with you guys, I couldn't help but think about um, the verdict in Kenosha this week. And, you know, it was a jury and it was our justice system that, that found... Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse not guilty, but you know, it's hard, I think, for all of us to imagine that a person of color would have experienced that same verdict. And you know, whether you agree with that or not, um, at the end of the day, when we look at that, two people are dead. And it was another reminder, I think, of what Dave's talking about. This very week, Friday, was another reminder that we live in this in-between, now and not yet, right? That uh, God's kingdom hasn't been fully realized. But, you know, even as we live in that space, um, as Dave said also, we want to seek to be the answer to Jesus' prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That prayer that we probably grew up reciting if you went to church at all, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we recognize that while his kingdom hasn't been yet fully realized, it is here and it lives and it breathes through us, the church, right here in Lincoln Park. And so that's why, uh, you know, we prayerfully seek to reach people who are far from God, to restore God's dream for this world, and to reproduce this mission over and over and over again in the here and now. And uh, that's why, you know, like Jesse mentioned earlier, um, you know, we partner with places like Lincoln Park Community Services who do such great work with people who are experiencing loneliness. They do about as well as anybody anywhere in the country at transitioning people from homelessness to independent living. And, you know, I think for a lot of us, homelessness can, can become impersonal, something we maybe see from time to time, but I think oftentimes it's at a distance. But see, when we serve meals at Lincoln Park Community Services, we have the opportunity to sit down and share a meal with our friends and our neighbors, and we are blessed by that every bit as much as they are blessed by us. But it's us taking one step and living out these kingdom values towards what God really wants, and that's for everyone to flourish and for everyone to live life to its fullest. So when we you know, talk about these things, sometimes they might come across as like announcements. They're not really announcements. I mean, this is us living out the kingdom values that we know we want to live out locally right here in the city of Chicago. And so like Jesse said, tonight we're uh, providing a, a Thanksgiving meal for our friends at Lincoln Park Community Services. And if you want to live out those kingdom values, you can still make a side dish <laughs> to help make that happen, even tonight. And uh, no, you know, we're not, we're not able to share the meal with them in the cafeteria like we so like to because of COVID restrictions, but we can still prepare a meal for them, and I hope you'll do that. 
But you know, our commitment to living out these kingdom values of, of, is also why we partner with an incredible organization called By the Hand. And it's a kids club here right on the north side. Uh, we know, we know, we know it's not God's dream for children to have less than an adequate education, to grow up in fear of gun violence, to walk to school without a healthy breakfast or maybe a warm coat to wear. And so we want to come alongside by the hand over the next several weeks and reverse some of those injustices. And so we're going to have a coat drive. And we're going to collect as many coats as we possibly can for them over the next several weeks, bring them on December 5th and 12th. Uh, I don't know how many coats we could get. I'd love to see us get a couple of hundred coats. I think that's completely possible for us, maybe even more. And this Sunday is Black Friday, so there's going to be all sorts of sales. So take advantage of it. Order about 10 coats, all right? Bring them here on December 5th. If you want to unload them next week, we'll take them next week too, but we're really starting on December 5th and December 12th. And that gives us, again, it's another opportunity for us to live out these kingdom values, to actually be what the church is supposed to be as we live in this in-between season, this in-between place between not the now and the not yet. We can be the hands and feet of Jesus. Our commitment to kingdom ideals also compels us to uh, pursue racial solidarity. And, you know, that's one reason we're a part of a, a multicultural, multi-denominational, and multi-contextual uh, network of, of, which are networks actually across the city and the suburbs. They're, they're small groups of churches and pastors who come together to help start more churches in communities all over our city where there aren't churches that are actually helping people find their way back to God. We had a gathering last week, and, uh, I mean, it was amazing. I think we have a picture of that gathering, don't we? I thought maybe we did. Yeah, there we go. And, uh, man, I mean, there's, you know, a whole bunch of pastors from all over the city who, who came together uh, to pray, to encourage each other, and to hold each other accountable to, to the goals that we've set to start more churches across the city. Our commitment to racial solidarity is also why we offer something called Undivided. And uh, Living Undivided, they're, they're cohorts that you can come together via Zoom or in person with a, a group of people who, you know, quite frankly, might not uh, talk like you, might not look like you, may not have been raised like you were raised. But you see, in these gatherings... We recognize our differences, uh, we seek to understand, and we celebrate our diversity as brothers and sisters in Christ as a part of God's great kingdom community. And again, I want to emphasize, because I think sometimes when you show up here on Sunday, you'll hear us talking about all the different things that we're up to. And let me just say again, okay, these are not a list of things that, that we let you know about to make ourselves feel good or to kind of pat ourselves on the back. No, we are inviting you all right, you to join us in living out the kingdom right here, right now. And I don't know, you know, you may have another idea for how we can better live out the kingdom in our city, and we'd love to talk to you about that, how we can come alongside you even to help you live out the kingdom values that you have, that you're experiencing here in a way that you have God, that God's kind of placing on your mind to do. So let us, let us help you with that because we want to be the answer to Jesus' prayer, your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, you know, I know we all look around our world and our city, and, uh, you know, it's, I think we, we have that, that sense that something's just not right. Things aren't uh, the way they, they should be. And it really is because we're living in that place, that in-between here and there, between now and, and not yet. But we want to be a people that refuse to give up on God's dream. Are you with me? Amen? You could say, I mean, we don't do that very often, but <laughs> are you with me? <laughs> Good. Let's be that kind of community. Let's be that kind of church. Let's be that kind of people. All right.
War and peace, rich and poor. Justice and prejudice, remembered and forgotten. This isn't right. This can't be right. Now and not, not yet. yet. When we look around, we see the bad. bad. We see the hate. We see the frustration. frustration. We see the not rightness of the world around us. Now, now and, and not, not yet. yet. We can't help thinking there must be more. This can't be all there is. Broken, hurting people, now and not yet. Systems of oppression, now and not yet. Hate and anger, now and not yet. But I know there's more. I know of a kingdom. kingdom where things are made whole, where people are known, no. where there are no divisions and where love is common, not, not yet. yet. I know of a place where injustice does not reign, where the walls of religiosity have crumbled, where compassion has no bounds, and where indifference has no hold. Not yet. Here's the secret that shouldn't be a secret. That place isn't retained for the great by and by. I don't have to wait for one glad morning when this life is over. No, I've been called. No, we have been assigned to embody the kingdom here and now. Now. It can happen here. It's supposed to happen here. God's kingdom is designed to be embodied here by us. Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another now. Okay, God, but love is messy. It's demanding, demand and yet it is so, so captivating. Love not only defines God, but, but he proves God now. now. So I guess we're stuck. Stuck in the restlessness of the now and not yet. The reality that things are not as they should be, yet appointed with a directive to make them right. Now. now. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Now. now. Where there is despair, let me sow hope now. now. Where there is racism, let me sow reconciliation now. now. Where there is disparity, let me sow equality now. now. Where there is darkness, let me sow light now. now. We don't have to wait. We will amplify the voices of the marginalized, the oppressed, and the hurting. That doesn't need to be a now and not yet. We can, we can be, be the, the now. now. We don't have to wait. We don't have to wait. We don't have to wait. Let's live into the now. now of the now and not yet kingdom. Now. now. Where there's hatred, let me sow love. Where there's despair, let me sow hope. Where there's racism, let me sow reconciliation. Where there's disparity, let me sow equality. And where there's darkness, let me sow light. That's who I want to be. That, that's, that's who I want our church to be. That's who God is asking you and me to be. But I also have to tell you, there are a lot of challenges to this kingdom work. There are powers and principalities actively working against the kingdom. Sometimes it's even us. And sometimes it's dark forces that want to manipulate us and use us. 
See, see, not everyone who heard Jesus proclaim the kingdom of God is near there in the synagogue was amazed. Some were actually threatened. And those that were mostly threatened were mostly religious leaders and political leaders. I'm telling you, watch out for them. They didn't want to lose their power. They didn't want to lose their prestige. They didn't want to lose their influence. So they actually tried to kill him. As we wrap up, I want to talk to you about a very real challenge for us today in living out this vision of a kingdom community. And I'm going to ask you to just kind of buckle up. Um, here's what I see. What I see is that many of us, both in the church and outside the church, are way more invested in a political vision for our world than we are a Jesus' kingdom vision. And what I'm going to do here is I'm going to take a little bit of risk. I'm going, to, I'm going to risk offending everyone in hopes of getting everyone to follow Jesus. Jesus only. So here it goes, and I'll tell you what, do not turn me out, do not tune me out until you hear the whole thing, until I get done. I think some of us are way more invested in our conservative political ideology than we are a kingdom vision. And in fact, we're being discipled by conservative media. And so when a, the kingdom vision of the Bible right here, doesn't match what uh, Tucker Carlson and Fox News proclaim. We try to take and make the kingdom match our political, our conservative political views. And I'm telling you, a conservative political vision, it's gonna fall way short of Jesus' kingdom community. And I'm telling you, that story will not end well. But equally wrong, and please hear me, equally wrong, is that some of us, are way more invested in our progressive and even liberal political ideology than we are a kingdom vision. And we're being discipled by progressive media. And so when the kingdom vision of the Bible here doesn't match what uh, a Rachel Maddow and MSNBC proclaim, we try to twist and make the kingdom match our progressive views. And a progressive political vision will also fall way short of King Jesus and his kingdom community. And I'm telling you, that story will not end well. And, and here, honest to goodness, here's what keeps me up at night as your pastor. Some of us are being discipled more by the Epic Times or the New York Times than we are by what this book actually teaches us. And so when we're confronted with the truth of the kingdom, what can happen if we're not careful? We can become like the people who are listening to Jesus in the synagogue, and it says they actually wanted to throw his kingdom vision and him off the cliff. So hear me. Please hear me on this. Jesus did not come proclaiming a progressive or a conservative vision for our life and community. We are called. We are called to submit and to surrender to Jesus and his ways of his kingdom community. Here's my simple challenge to every one of you. And I hope you'll go with me on this. Will you join me and submit all you are to following Jesus and proclaiming the not yet of his kingdom community and living it out in the here and now, in this in-between time where we find ourselves? And if you're willing, if you're willing to make that commitment, I'm gonna ask you to join me in just a minute here by saying these words out loud, these words of Jesus out loud. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want you to know, I am all in for Jesus. I want this church to be all in for Jesus. And the question is, are you? And I would love right now, all four expressions of our church to respond out loud 
wherever you are. Because I believe, I think the world is, is yearning and aching for a group of people, a church who will genuinely and totally surrender and submit themselves to Jesus and this prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And if you're all in with me on this, say this prayer. It's on the screen there. Just say it on the count of three, out loud. All right, here we go on the count of three. This is a commitment time. One, two, three. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'll tell you one more time, one more time, like you're trying to get God's attention, right? I want him to hear our commitment to this. On the count of three, one, two, three. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah, that... that um that prayer that's so familiar to us, you know, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I hope if it uh, wasn't something you took personally or felt differently about, I hope you will leave today feeling different about it than you did when you came. And recognize that not just as a prayer, but almost a, on a, state, a statement of allegiance. Um, but I also hope that, that here at Community Lincoln Park, it's a, it, it represents a longing that we have deep down in our souls for God to set things right, uh, to restore his dream for our world, for our city, for our neighborhood, for our communities. Because this now and not yet time of the kingdom that we live in is difficult, right? I think we can look around and as I mentioned, there's so many places that we see where things just aren't right. They're just not uh, the way we should be. We can feel it in our gut, we can see it with our eyes, we can hear it with our ears. And then there's this moment on our service that we come to right now we call communion, the Lord's Supper. And each week it's a reminder of the hope that we have right now. But it's also the hope that we have in the future. That one day everything will be right. That one day everything will be well. You know, the Apostle Paul wrote to uh, Christ followers in Corinth and he reminded us that when we eat the bread and drink the cup that we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Notice those words there, until he comes, because he will come again. And until he comes, what we need to do collectively as a community of faith right here on the north side of Chicago is we need to do as much as we possibly can to bring his kingdom to earth as much as we can and as often as we can with everything that we've got. But right now, I want us to reflect on the hope that we have in him as we prepare our hearts and minds to receive the Lord's Supper. And uh, I actually grabbed one, but then I left it down there on, the, on my chair. I usually don't even remember to get one before I come in. So I hope you have your little cup and, and the, the bread and the juice. And if you would, take that top layer off and just hold that wafer in your, in your hand, if you would, for just a moment between your, your finger and your, your forefinger and your thumb. And if you didn't get one, do we still have, Jesse, could, I think there might be a couple folks that didn't actually get one. Maybe you can pass that out if you would. Um, but let that be a physical reminder of the hope that we have. Uh, the fact that Jesus loved us so much that he was willing to give up his body to die on the cross, uh, to shed real blood uh, for you and for me. So together as you hold that in your hands, let's celebrate the body of Christ. And you can peel back that next layer. And as you look at that juice, the color of it is, is a deep red for a reason. It's to remind us of the blood of Christ and the fact that he shed real blood for you and for me. 
And that real blood being shed and his death and resurrection is what gives us hope in the now and in the not yet. Today and in what will come. So let's together celebrate the blood of Christ. Will you pray with me? Father God, God, it is our prayer that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And God, I pray that um, every time we celebrate the Lord's Supper and we eat the bread and we drink the cup, that God, we would be reminded of your death, Uh, your death and your resurrection. That good news, Lord, that uh, your kingdom is coming, your kingdom is here and your kingdom will be fully restored someday and there will be no more tears, there will be no more pain, there will be no more crying. But until that time, Father, may we be your people, your kingdom community that is here to reach people who are far from, from you, that, are, that is here to restore your dream to people and to places that just, for whatever reason, aren't able to experience that right now. And Lord, we can reproduce this mission over and over again. We love you. and We pray this in your name. Amen.